0: I'm just, I mix. I'm just, I just
1: am. At a push, I'd say I I was British. I wouldn't ever say I was European.
2: Break me in half and I'd have English like a stick of rock. English through me.
0: You're born with this invisible bit of elastic that it doesn't matter how far away you go, you're going to come pinging back at some point. I class myself as
3: English, but I would say I'm a Berica.
2: I'm a citizen of the universe. Uh, Uh,
4: Hi. Um, we've got a slightly odd question for you. You don't want to interrupt your relaxed time. good one.
2: Britain is officially on its way out of the European Union after 44 years as a member after invoking a part of European law known as Article 50 on Wednesday.
4: We're on a bit of a mad journey around the country. Um, we're doing 50-mile leaps and we're kind of talking to people about the things that that are are important to them. We're knocking on door number 50.
5: We're recording voices about what people like, about where they live, what they hope for in the future, and particularly with lots of changes going on, like the UK leaving Europe. This is Indefinite Article. On the 29th of March, 2017, nine months after a divisive referendum, Theresa May signed Article 50, beginning the process of Britain's exit from the European Union.
4: In the weeks that followed, we set out on a listening journey.
5: We travelled in leaps of 50 miles across the four countries of the UK, knocking on number 50 doors as we went.
4: We were looking for conversations that went beyond the easy stereotypes that seemed to run through all our discussions about Brexit. I'm Ali Avery. And I'm Alice Myers. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sorry to bother you. No um, just Can we just take a moment of your time and ask you a bit of a weird
6: question? This is
4: episode two, in which we visit Lancaster, Halston, Dumfries, Pennycook and Berwick. We also discover that many streets do not have a number 50 door.
7: My name's Steve, Steve Horton, um, and I'm on the allotments just above Christchurch School overlooking the fabulous Morecambe Bay right across to Barrow. It's a fantastic place. Well, I've worked with people around the world for 25 years, actually, in the the military and after that as well, and generally, 99.9% of people on planet Earth are nice people. If someone in the middle of the desert offers you, oh, come and live with me in my tent because we were lost uh i'll get a goat and we'll kill a goat and we'll eat and we'll drink all of a sudden the hackles are up thinking hang on a minute what does he want but really people are like that they're genuinely good people on planet earth black white yellow green with horns on doesn't really matter but a lot of people don't know that a lot of people down here Drink in the same pubs with the same people every day and never mix with other people of other cultures and don't know anything about it. People live in their own little bubbles. As soon as that bubble pops and you move out of that, then you're out of your comfort zone. And that's how you gain knowledge, you learn.
5: to actually meet people, isn't it? And I've oh. really been really enjoying hearing a bit more about what, what kind of richness people carry inside. You know,
7: you never know it walking past someone, would you? Oh, no, 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 so, not a chance, not a chance. Inside them. yeah. But it's even strange, I mean, even when I was in combat, and and, uh, and even pulling guys out of trenches that are just, you know, bits and pieces shot off them, that are in a real crappy state, because there was a medic in the, in the, uh, when we were doing the business and picking up a guy that had his feet blown off. Um, It wasn't one of ours. And and someone said to me, oh, that bastard won't be playing football anymore. One of our lads. And he turned around and he says, in a Cockney accent, he says, oh, cheers, mate. He says, that's really kind of you, that. He says, that's really kind of you. I said, where are you from? He said, West Ham, London. But he got drafted, he'd gone over to Iraq. He got to see his family, got drafted, got sent out to the front, uh, unfortunately, got his feet blown off uh, and ended up there. Took the top of his uniform off because off he was a bit old pet and he had a West Ham scarf on. I said, look, sorry about that, mate. He yeah, it's one of them things, isn't it? And that's it, sent him back down the line.
1: Top of Hartside Pass. And you
5: can't see anything. And you can't see anything because of the things. mist.
1: But on a, on a sunny day, you can see right over to the lake district, back into Cumberland, towards Northumberland. This is the grandson and his partner. And we when we boarded, we asked the grandkids what they wanted. And the grandkids says they wanted to stay in the union, so we boarded to stay in. 70s. I'm 75. She's 74. These are in the early 20s. We've had our life in this country. We've got, we've got our pensions and that. They're the ones that's going to have to live with the consequences. So it really should have been the younger element to have the, their main say on what was going to happen. But we got outvoted. Is it for the people down the south and not for the people up north? Time will tell. The northeast depends a lot on the trade to the European Community. We know that the fast, the fat cats in London and all them and all enjoy this, hell. They don't, they don't understand the work and people of the country. It's it's in the, in a little bubble of their own. For me personally, I was absolutely gutted when we found out that it was the vote to leave had won, because personally I, I work in the Sunderland plant in Nissan and 80% of our product is exported. So if there was a lot of uncertainty about what would happen to those six, six and a half, 7,000 jobs, is the plant going to close? and were the first ones in to vote it out. And they've got one of the biggest concerns of so having the Nissan plant on the doorstep. People just didn't get the right information. You only got told what they wanted to tell you.
6: And we're in Alston. I'm not local. I've only been here 36 years, <laughs> but uh, it's the highest village in the Pennines, and it's an area of outstanding natural beauty. I suppose it's lots of rules and regulations. I suppose, but it keeps everybody on the same, you know, level of the same playing field, really. Plus, it's the markets as well. A lot of our sheep go to France and different places, so. You know, you need you need your borders open to be able to move your stock around. Really, I know people always have this thing about farmers. Hill farmers are a different breed altogether. You can't you, you struggle to grow grass. You don't you can't grow anything else. So your sheep and your cattle. That's all you can. That's your livelihood. And you never know from one year to the next how much you're going to get for them. So some farmers wanted to be out. Um, but they tend to be more the lowland farmers who have more crops and things that they can get their income from whereas you know as I say sheep and a few cows that's all you can do up here (laughs) and you do wonder whether this next generation will be able to keep on going you'd like to think so because the whole of the countryside will change if the farmers if the hill farmers go because the, the sheep eat all the Everything down and make the they make the, the green hills of England I think. So what were you
4: just saying? Things that you like
5: about rooks. Uh yeah, And no, we just saw our second rookery today and I was saying, um I like that they're just I don't know, kinda of noisy, chattery, warm They look after each other's young, you know, they're a bit of a raucous village, and then they often have jacksaws amongst them because they know they'll be looked after. Um, That's
4: another
5: one. Oh yeah, there's another one, yeah, maybe they're actually just all around.
4: Maybe we should collect
5: them. Rookeries. Mm. What in uh, visual terms, how can you collect a rookery? Yeah,
4: that's visually. A
5: <laughs> mental rookery. I guess we are collecting a mental rookery of, um, you know, chattery Chattery villages.
0: Dumfries has been like uh, the kind of place that you wanted to get out of really quickly when you were younger and then when you get away it's like you're, you're born with this invisible bit of elastic that it doesn't matter how far away you go you're going to come pinging back at some point because it, it's just weird like that like even people that weren't born here it's like they pick up this invisible bit of elastic as well and they always come back because I, I must have something really special about it exactly what that is I'm not entirely sure but what we do have is like a melting pot of people that are sort of really passionate about kind of making lives better in whatever form that is and it's And the certain sort of centre of town, the high street's kind of a bit empty. Like, a a lot of our sort of economy was based around agriculture and industry and stuff like that. And a lot of that's kind of gone now. So what we've kind of found is that there's been a real sort of um, um, melting pot of people have come here. Like, different artists, different sort of producers, different practitioners. And it's just kind of created this really good vibe there's like a really good energy about the bit and everybody's getting really positive and it's they're not waiting for the council to fix things they're being proactive about they're seeing things that they're not entirely happy about or they feel that like they could change and they're taking responsibility to do that themselves I think that's what I really like about about Dumfries you know is yeah they're they're not waiting about for people to do it for them they're like going out and grabbing it I like that that's good
5: So I guess that whole, do you remember in the kind of Brexit referendum there was this whole slogan about take back control and it sounds like some of that is what you're talking about. sort
0: of, sort of I and sort of, no, I think they're talking about it in a very different way though, aren't they? They're they're framing it in a slightly different context. I mean, taking it back from from what? Do you know, I'm just talking about things aren't doing as well as they could be so let's kind of work together to make it better. They're like, oh, everything's awful because of those other people whoever the other people are, do you know what I mean? And, like, they've, they'll fit that, basically, framework for an argument to whatever their preference is, whether it's, well, let's blame migrant people or let's blame rich people or let's blame skint people or, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's rubbish, so how are we going to fix it together, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I find that difficult. The whole thing about Brexit, I find that really difficult, actually, yeah. Can, can you
5: say, if you have you had any conversations with people like, who feel differently to you, who are really excited about it or anything? Yeah.
0: yeah, well, you see, it's quite funny. You see, like my dad, we always talk about politics on the phone. Uh, now, my dad, he's a, he's a peculiar character. I think he's actually more of a liberal anarchist than he would like to admit, but he does have a very sort of hard line for social justice. Now, he did vote Leave. Uh, I opted out because I felt like it was picking a boil for my arse. Can I say that? I'm saying it. That's exactly how I felt it was. Um, I think it's a very difficult subject because there are so many layers to it that are not obvious at first. And I think that people have made it too black and white. I think that the politicians have been kind of dishonest. I feel like they've kind of framed it in very simplistic terms for their own benefit. I find that quite abhorrent, so that's why I couldn't I couldn't take part in it, I, I have to be honest. Um, I I um, I think we're all members of the human race and that I don't believe that it is a Britain thing or a Europe thing or an American thing. And that I think we should stop with all this, excluding one another and just try to protect little pockets of people. Surely we all deserve a good life, whether I agree with your politics or not. Do you know what I mean? But yeah.
2: So this is Elsie Shields, um, which is a little wooded estate just about a mile out of Loch uh, in Dumfries and Galloway and we are at the moment surrounded by lovely birdsong uh, because it's a kind of wooded estate in amongst quite fairly intense farmed land Um, and this is just, it's got some fragments of old, old woodland here and then a bit of woodland plantation the ironies heaped on the ironies are just uh, in some ways it's hilarious and um, because a big part of the the independence referendum a couple of years back one of the things we were told was if you vote independence you will be thrown out of europe because you will no longer be part of the uk and you'll be at the back of the queue so a main thrust of the the pro remain the the no camp uh, was vote no to stay in europe and of course we voted no and we're being dragged out of Europe despite nearly two-thirds of Scots voting to remain. So it's so it's been a really curious outcome um, that now we find ourselves on the way out of Europe. Um, I mean the whole thing is fascinating um, and slightly bewildering because I find myself as somebody who's pro-independence but pro-Remain in Europe, arguing against some of my own arguments. And I think I think there's been a real sense of that. So nobody kind of quite knows where they are anymore but instinctively I know and that's the the difference I guess Um, it's like the rational argument for Scottish independence can also be applied for a rational as a rational argument for the UK to pull out of Europe Um, there's not that I haven't heard that many voices in England trying to counter the kind of UKIP narrative with a, a positive sense of English culture and how it could be You know, this beautiful country that has such an incredibly rich heritage Um, and there is a way of celebrating that and linking it to your politics that doesn't have to be about demonising the other or asserting this culture over that culture.
5: On door number 50, um, and this is the only long road that we
8: found. Do you know any of the long roads? Uh, this used to be my local. I'm um, actually up the roads for 20 years, so I was always here. Um, but now I've moved across the other side of town. <laughs> to be honest, I used to be involved in politics quite a bit up until two years ago. Um, I totally switched off now, um, lost faith in all politics. Um, I voted to leave. Um, I think we need to get our own priorities in order first before we can help other people. Because our country is in the dire straits at the moment. Can I ask, you
5: said until two years ago you were
8: involved, what, yeah. what changed? Yeah, uh, death of my mother. Uh, I took it quite badly, and I've just not been interested in politics. I'd love to get back into it, but at the moment I've just not got the heart. I've just lost faith in them, to be quite frank. Scotland doesn't need another referendum. Um, Voted no in 2014, and we certainly do not need another one at this precise time. That's what I feel anyway. I I Yeah. I work for the local sentence advice bureau. Um, so I'm kept quite busy with that. So, what are the main issues that people come to the CIB about? Well, right? well, I deal mainly with NHS complaints <laughs> and health service improvements. So, I think the SNP government has actually held back a lot of resources that could have helped the NHS the police in Galloway. See you, ladies. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Especially with regards to um, bed blocking. Um, Cain community, it's just a shambles at the moment.
4: I don't really feel like you know when you're a, when you're a kid and you get a little tape recorder and you pretend that you're on the radio. <laughs> we're
5: kind of doing that, aren't we? We're, we're running around the country pretending to be on the radio.
4: much more comfortable to be a listener than a yeah. speaker isn't it Ain't that
5: the
4: I think it, you know it's the thing about um, being able to hold to opposing things um, in your head at the same time without going crazy so
5: we need change nothing will ever change
4: yeah yeah exactly the fact that
5: just passed a number 50, by the way.
4: Oh, balls, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we pull up here? It seems Where, like i everyone... got. left and left. Okay, yeah. Good idea. Go. Oh, 80, 76, is another one coming up. Gosh, town full of 50s. Well, 50.
3: class myself as English, but I would say I'm a because we've got our own sort of language and our own way of doing things, our own weather, so I would say I'm a
5: What have you been making about all the changes of the UK coming out of the EU and all of that?
3: Um, I do agree with what's going to happen. I think it's best for Britain to get back. You know, I think It's looking good. I hope it all goes well and Theresa May has just announced this morning that she's having another general election. I mean I never used to be for the Tories but I think we've got a good leader there, a strong leader so I think
4: she's good, she's going to be good. Can I just ask how your, your job has kind of informed your opinion?
3: Yeah, well, it does affect, obviously, the NHS, because, I mean, the NHS is struggling, you know, um, and they're constantly budgets and stretched to the limit, everything. ambulance service. We, we do need money put back into the NHS, you know, and it's something that should never be cut back on
5: what some people have been saying to us when we've been going is this thing of do you remember there were the buses weren't there for the leave campaign saying all that money going to Europe is now going to come to the NHS Mm -hmm. is that what your hope is that that money will come directly to the health service
3: well I hope it does I hope they, they say what they mean and put it into practice you know and make sure it happens
4: You've been listening to the Indefinite Article podcast. Project development by Ali Avery and Alice Myers. Production by Alice Myers. Sound design by Dave House. Music by Sync. To follow the rest of the journey and to join the conversation, visit our website at indefinitearticle.org.